Back to Basics 2.0, Specimen Management, by Lisa Spruce. Throughout the perioperative continuum, patients frequently undergo diagnostic testing involving specimen collection of blood and other body fluids and tissue samples. Patients expect that healthcare personnel will process the specimens correctly. Improper patient identification and specimen mismanagement can lead to adverse patient safety events. Managing specimens is a complex, error-prone interdisciplinary process. Reported specimen error rates vary between 0.4 and 2.9%. Because it is a complex process, perioperative team members should review the AORN Guideline for Specimen Management in its entirety. To avoid catastrophic events related to specimen management, perioperative nurses should have knowledge of the fundamental practice points discussed in this article. Practice Point Team Communication, Transfer, and Handling Before bringing a patient to the OR, perioperative nurses should determine if a specimen will be obtained during the procedure and then prepare to manage all specimens. A pre-procedural briefing is part of effective intraoperative team communication and provides an opportunity for perioperative team members to discuss the patient's surgical plan, including anticipated specimens. Specimen management preparation helps perioperative nurses reduce errors and improve efficiency. Perioperative team members should share specimen information, for example, name, type, source, and use the readback method when planning for procedures and during the specimen handover process. Study results show that anesthesia professionals who use the readback method were 8.27 times more likely to recall the information than those who did not provide a verbal response. During the procedural debriefing process, perioperative team members should inspect labeled specimen containers and verify that 1. The specimen is in the container, that is, by visual inspection. 2. The patient information on the label and requisition form is accurate, complete, and legible. 3. The specimen information, including laterality on the label and requisition form, is accurate, complete, and legible. 4. The number and type of specimens, for example, permanent frozen section, is accurate. 5. The indicated preservation solution was used, when applicable. And 6. All pertinent information, for example, documentation of suture tags, is complete. Perioperative personnel should protect the specimens from contamination and damage before transferring them from the sterile field. Measures to protect specimens include 1. Minimizing handling 2. Protecting tissue from crushing or damage 3. Keeping the specimen moist 4. Containing or covering the specimen 5. Labeling the specimen and 6 placing the specimen in a secure location on the sterile field. When surgeons obtain specimens from a patient with a suspected or known surgical side infection, perioperative personnel should handle the specimens with designated instruments that will not be used for any other purpose during the procedure. Perioperative personnel should complete the specimen transfer process as soon as feasible after excision, maintain sterile technique, use standard precautions to protect the staff members from exposure to blood and other body fluids, 
and prevent damage to the specimen. Errors can occur from improper specimen collection and may include 1. Failing to place specimens in the container 2. Inadvertently discarding specimens 3. Placing multiple specimens in the same container 4. Using incorrect or no solution and 5. Using incorrect specimen containers When using the readback method with a surgeon to prevent specimen collection errors, perioperative personnel should confirm the information on the specimen label, on the pathology requisition form, and in the patient record before transferring the specimen from the sterile field. There are a variety of specimen examination methods, including fresh, permanent, frozen section, or gross only, and each requires a different handling process. To establish policies and procedures for specimen handling, facility leaders should assemble an interdisciplinary team that includes one or more of the following, pathologist, surgeon, perioperative RN, and infection preventionist, as well as quality and risk management personnel, when available. This interdisciplinary team should review, and improve when applicable, the following. 1. Quality control methods, for example, verification and standardized team communication tools. 2. Collection processes, for example, review labeling and forms. 3. Clinical documentation support and alerts. 4. Alarms on the specimen refrigerator, if applicable. And 5. Transport and storage logbooks. The team also should review the number of people and process steps required for specimen handling and consider using technology to automate the process or creating memory aids to decrease specimen error risk. Practice Point Containment, Labeling, and Transport Planning for containment of specimens before the procedure begins helps to improve efficiency, prevent harm or loss of the specimen, and reduce door openings. Perioperative personnel should select puncture-resistant and leak-proof specimen containers that will prevent staff member exposure to blood and other body fluids or other potentially infectious materials. For each specimen, perioperative nurses should choose a container that is large enough to prevent compression or crushing of tissue and allow the preservation solution, when used, to cover all surfaces of the specimen. Perioperative personnel should use a sterile specimen container when the specimen needs to remain sterile, and either a sterile or clean specimen container for unsterile specimens. To decrease the risk of exposure to formaldehyde fumes and splashes, staff members may use a pre-filled container. However, there also is a risk of pre-filled containers leaking, breaking, or spilling during transport or storage. For specimens of a size that exceeds the largest specimen container, for example, an amputated limb. Personnel should place the specimen in two large red bags, that is, one bag inside the other, and securely seal both bags. After receiving a specimen from the sterile field, the RN circulator should contain and label the specimen immediately. Study results show that specimen errors, for example, lost or misplaced specimens, can occur when personnel do not immediately place the specimen in a container. Personnel should place the specimen container in a specimen bag when the exterior of the specimen container becomes contaminated during handling. When specimens contain biohazardous materials, perioperative personnel must affix a biohazard label, 
an orange or orange-red label with a biohazard symbol and contrasting lettering to the specimen container. Perioperative personnel also must verify that containers filled with formaldehyde-containing solutions include a label with the following information. Danger. Formaldehyde-contaminated clothing equipment may cause cancer, causes skin, eye, and respiratory irritation. Do not breathe vapor. Do not get on skin. In addition to regulatory information, the RN circulator should label the container with 1. Two patient identifiers. For example, patient name, medical record number, date of birth. 2. The specimen name. 3. The specimen site including laterality, if applicable. And 4. The date of excision. Specimen labeling errors have been reported to comprise 49% of all surgical specimen-related errors. Rather than pre-labeling specimen containers, the RN circulator should label one specimen container at a time when the specimen is transferred from the sterile field. The RN should use dark indelible ink for both the label and the requisition forms and securely attach the label to the container without overlapping the edges and obscuring the specimen information. Pathology requisition forms should include 1. Patient identifiers. For example, patient name, medical record number, date of birth. 2. Specimen identification. For example, name, source, tissue type, laterality, when applicable. 3. The date and time of specimen collection. And 4. Pathology examination required. For example, gross, frozen section. Additional information, for example, surgeon name, staff member identification, may be included on the pathology requisition forms. The Specimen Management Guideline provides a detailed list of optional information that may be included on the requisition. Perioperative nurses should discard unused patient labels during between-procedure cleaning to prevent inadvertent placement of incorrect labels on a specimen container or requisition form during a subsequent procedure. Interdisciplinary teams should establish standardized processes for specimen transport to reduce variability and the risk of transport errors such as loss, delay, or delivery to the wrong location. When establishing transport processes, the team should remember that the goals of transport include protecting the specimen, promoting specimen identification during the transport process, maintaining patient confidentiality, and protecting healthcare personnel from exposure to infectious materials, biohazards, or chemicals. Specimen errors, for example, delays, lost specimens, lack of required refrigeration, leaking containers, can occur when personnel transport or temporarily store specimens incorrectly. Perioperative staff members should confirm delivery of the specimen to the appropriate department, especially when required processing is time-sensitive, for example, frozen section. The staff members also should verify that all labels are intact when delivering a specimen to a final destination and protect patient health information during transport. If a specimen requires temporary storage, perioperative personnel must transport the specimen to the designated temporary storage location that maintains specimen integrity. The interdisciplinary team should establish a temperature range for temporary storage according to federal, state, and local guidance.
Practice Point Preservation The facility's interdisciplinary team should determine standard methods of preservation, including which preservative solutions will be used, and the volume and ratio of preservative required for effective specimen preservation. The interdisciplinary team members also should communicate with perioperative team members about the preservative solution. Errors related to specimen preservation include forgetting to add the solution, adding the wrong solution, and adding solution when it is not needed. Creating standardized processes for specimen preservation is beneficial because it helps to maintain the form of the specimen, prevents degradation of the specimen with associated loss of molecular components, and minimizes microbial contamination. Inadequate or improper specimen preservation can result in an inaccurate or incomplete diagnosis, which can cause harm to patients or lead to the need for additional tests or procedures. Formaldehyde-containing tissue preservatives are common in perioperative settings and must be handled according to the manufacturer's instructions for use and product safety data sheets. Formaldehyde is a known carcinogen, and perioperative team members may experience adverse effects, for example, coughing, wheezing, skin or eye irritation, after exposure, via inhalation, ingestion, or contact with skin or eyes. Formaldehyde-containing solutions are flammable and therefore governed by regulatory requirements for toxic and hazardous substances. Locations in which healthcare personnel use formaldehyde-containing solutions must be free of ignition sources, have visible warning signs related to the use of formaldehyde, and have a ventilation system that maintains safe exposure limits as specified by the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. Formaldehyde-containing solutions should not be stored in an OR unless there is adequate ventilation that will maintain safe exposure limits. Perioperative nurses and other team members must wear personal protective equipment, including gloves, respiratory protection, impervious clothes and aprons, and chemical splash goggles, based on the risk of exposure to formaldehyde. Healthcare organizations should provide medical surveillance for associated health effects when perioperative team members are exposed to formaldehyde levels in excess of the 8-hour total weighted average of 0.75 parts per million, or the 15-minute short-term exposure limit of 2 parts per million. Healthcare organizational personnel must monitor levels of formaldehyde. 1. When introducing a formaldehyde-containing solution into the storage space. 2. After changing a practice or process for handling or storing formaldehyde-containing solutions. 3. On a periodic basis after introducing formaldehyde-containing solutions. And 4. After a staff member reports a dermal or respiratory exposure to formaldehyde-containing solutions. When placing a specimen into a preservative or chemical solution, the perioperative team member should confirm the preservative with the surgeon and fully immerse the specimen in the preservative solution. Currently, there are no alternative preservation methods that compare to formaldehyde-containing solutions in terms of effectiveness and cost. Therefore, to decrease perioperative team members' risk of exposure, healthcare leaders should work to reduce the amount of formaldehyde-containing solutions used. Conclusion Specimen management is a complex multidisciplinary process that requires planning, clear team communication, 
and awareness that it is an error-prone process. Errors in specimen collection and handling can lead to patient injury and harm. Reducing the risk of a specimen error, therefore, is an important patient safety concern. All perioperative team members should be detail-oriented and communicate effectively when managing specimens according to applicable regulations, guidelines, and facility policies and procedures. This Back to Basics 2.0 article contains three knowledge checks. I will now read the first knowledge check for the practice point, Team Communication, Transfer, and Handling. Mr. K is a healthy 45-year-old patient with no comorbidities who is undergoing removal of a suspicious lump from his left leg. Ariana, his assigned RN circulator, completes the preoperative assessment and confirms the procedure with the patient. She informs him that the team will send the specimen to the pathology department for examination. Adriana planned for specimen management when preparing the OR, and the surgical team discussed it during a preoperative briefing session. Adriana and Elena, the anesthesia professional, transport Mr. K to the OR, where he meets Quincy, the surgical technologist, and Dr. N, the surgeon. After Elena administers the sedative and Dr. N injects the local anesthetic, the surgery begins. Dr. N removes the suspicious lump from Mr. K's leg and places it on the mayo stand. Quincy immediately transfers the specimen to the back table and returns to the mayo stand to hand Dr. N the necessary instruments as the procedure continues. Near the end of the procedure, Adriana verifies the specimen label and pathology requisition form with Dr. N using the readback method. She also confirms the patient identification information using Mr. K's electronic health record. Dr. N finishes the procedure, and Adriana and Elena transport Mr. K to the post-anesthesia care unit. As Quincy completes his post-procedure tasks, that is, organizing instruments, discarding waste, he uses a pair of forceps to transfer the specimen to the designated container and places the container on Adriana's desk. In this scenario, who did not follow the recommended practice point? A. Ariana B. Elena C. Dr. N or D. Quincy I will now provide the answer. In this scenario, Quincy did not follow the recommended practice point. I will now read the second knowledge check for the practice point, containment, labeling, and transport. Ms. C. is a healthy 56-year-old patient who is undergoing a left breast biopsy. Dr. H., the surgeon, Farrick, the RN circulator, and Drew, the surgical technologist, will be participating in Ms. C.'s procedure. After the pre-procedure briefing, during which Dr. H. discussed plans for the specimen, and before transporting Ms. C. to the OR, Farrick obtains the appropriate containers and labels and verifies that the printer is stocked with paper to print the requisition forms. During the procedure, Dr. H. removes an additional specimen and transfers the two specimens to Drew, who verbalizes the name of each specimen to Farrick as Dr. H. provides them. Although Farrick only expected one specimen, he brought an extra container into the OR before the procedure. He pre-labels both containers with the patient identifiers, the specimen source, that is, left breast tissue, date and time of collection, 
and asks Drew to place the specimens in the containers at the same time. Farrick then sets the specimens aside until the end of the procedure. After transporting Ms. C. to the post-anesthesia care unit, Farrick transports the specimens to the designated temporary storage location and completes the specimen log sheet. Karina, the pathology assistant, routinely collects specimens from the storage location several times throughout the day, and she transports the two specimens to the pathology department. A few hours later, the charged nurse requests that Ferret contact the pathology department because the pathologist has questions about the specimens that may delay the biopsy results. In this scenario, who did not follow the recommended practice point? A. Karina B. Farrick, C. Drew, or D. Dr. H. I will now provide the answer. In this scenario, Farrick did not follow the recommended practice point. I will now read the third and final knowledge check for the practice point, preservation. At the beginning of the day, Charlene, an RN circulator, stocked the OR with a variety of specimen containers according to department protocol. During the preoperative briefing for a midday procedure, Charlene and Greta, a surgical technologist, learned that Dr. E will obtain a biopsy specimen requiring frozen section examination. Charlene verifies that there is an appropriately sized empty container for the biopsy in the OR that she stocked earlier that morning. She transports the patient to the OR, positions the patient on the OR bed, and preps the surgical site, after the anesthesia professional administers the sedatives. Dr. E begins the procedure, and after completing the perioperative documentation, Charlene prepares the specimen requisition forms and labels. As the procedure continues, Roberto, another RN circulator, enters the OR to relieve Charlene for lunch. Charlene completes the handover report and includes the information about the anticipated biopsy specimens for frozen section. While Charlene is at lunch, Dr. E removes the specimen from the patient and passes it to Greta. Roberto accesses the fireproof cabinet and obtains a preservation-filled container and presents it to the sterile field for Greta to place the specimen. He then transports the specimen to the pathology laboratory and signs it in according to protocol. Roberto returns to the OR and finds that Charlene has returned from lunch. He continues to his next assignment. A few minutes later, Charlene receives a phone call from Ruiz, the pathology technician, who states that when he began to prepare the specimen for the frozen section examination, he observed the specimen was in a preservative solution, and therefore, the requested examination would not be possible. In this scenario, who did not follow the recommended practice point? A. Charlene B. Ruiz C. Roberto or D. Dr. E. I will now provide the answer. In this scenario, Roberto did not follow the recommended practice point.